Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the latest edition of the Believe in Texas Rangers podcast. I am your host, Wyatt Huskins. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you after a walk-off home run from a Dolis Garcia El Bombi. We have a huge show today, and this is the only place to start. The emotion at home plate from Adolis Garcia. This was a season-defining moment for these Texas Rangers. The only place they can go from here is up. I think Kennedy Landry on Twitter, shout out to Kennedy for being one of the best beat writers that we have, said you could see the tension leave his body at home play after he hit that shot. Four strikeouts for earlier in the day. He comes into the ninth inning. I mean, struck out three times on four-seam fastballs, one on a slider that was way out, way away from the plate. And for him to come in and still be able to have that electricity, that moment, this is this that was Adolis Garcia. The the that was him. You know, like people say, I I know that that's a little confusing, right? It, it's him. What what do you mean? You know, when they say he's him, he is him. Adolis Garcia in that moment was him. This dude is pure electricity when he is on and. To walk that game off yesterday afternoon was such an electric moment. This team needed it so badly. Adolis needed it so badly. I'm going to start referencing some stats, right? Adolis Garcia, before that walk-off, shout-out to Evan Grant, another one of our fantastic beat writers for the Texas Rangers, tweeted yesterday, entering the A-B for his walk-off home run, Adolis Garcia had been in a 12 for 95 stretch in 22 games. That's a 126 batting average. He struck out 37 times in 22 games. Adolis had been bad, 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 bad. Is he going to immediately come back out and start hitting 330 with, with a 600 slug and a, and a 450 on base? Probably not. But Will this awaken El Bombi? I, I truly believe it will. Just God, looking up to the sky as soon as he hit it, he knew he knew immediately, right? The the entire stadium, the entire ballpark knew immediately that that was gone. Pitch was inside too, by the way. Way to keep your hands in. I think that's one of the hardest things to do, right? When you are struggling to stay with the with your mechanics to stay with the fundamentals and keep those hands in and get the barrel to an inside pitch like that, man, just for a to do that. What a huge, a huge moment. We're going to start backtracking right in this game. And why was this moment so huge? Why does this define a season? Because this game was like so, so, so many games we've had in this really, really tough stretch, right? The offense, not clicking on all, all cylinders. We'd already scored five runs, and that's great. But, 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 four of those runs from Mitch Garver alone, right? Guys getting on base, unable to make it home. 
let's just let's just take a peek. I haven't looked at the stat yet today or yesterday. The same one that has defined this really tough stretch, especially when it comes to the offense, right? Hitting with runners in scoring position, one for 13 yesterday. One for 13. What was the one hit, you ask? The three-run homer in the first by Mitch Garver. More on him in a second. But still, we were able to get on base over and over and over and over again. But we could not. We could not capitalize and this has been a huge problem i hope that this you know the momentum from this game goes forward i think it will right because i I said this is such a season defining moment for this rangers team you could kind of see not only i said the tension right kennedy pointed out the tension leaving adolis's body when everybody was at home plate when when adolis got there the juices were flowing like everybody was so into it you could tell that this entire team needed this moment Bruce Bochy having a blast, dude. When Adolis goes past, you know, they shake hands, embrace. What a huge moment. But, like I said, the the game leading up to that point had once again been another disappointment. And, you know, what is the solution? Hopefully it's this, right? Hopefully it's just the guys are, are back to being focused. Because we had – so many opportunities yesterday. I think yesterday, it should have been, honestly, we should have scored 10-plus runs yesterday. Like, let's be let's be quite honest. You had Mitch Garver go four for four with two bombs. Corey Seager continues to do Corey Seager things. Two for five, getting on base. Jonah Heim, the day that he gets cleared to potentially swing right-handed, Goes out there, goes those, goes two for four. Golly, words are hard, especially when it's just you talking. Um, I kid. Jonah Heim seems to be getting it back after the wrist injury, but this offense has has yet really, really since the second half began. There have been times, right? There have been stretches. The eight game win streak to begin August. That was a huge stretch, but there have been so many stretches since the all-star break that we cannot hit with runners on. And hopefully that breaks today more on the game later on today, later in the podcast. But man, you take all that, despite all that, right? Despite going one for 13, despite the bullpen continuing, that's the thing is like not only in this stretch, the stretch to me has been defined by two things. And I think it's been defined by two ways in terms of everybody sees this, right? It's It's the offense struggling to hit with runners on and it's the bullpen. And you saw this once again, this was, this just felt like another one of those games. We were like, golly, we, John Gray comes out and let's, let's, let's go ahead. Let's dive into this game fully. John Gray comes out and gets you some wicked, some wicked K's. This dude's fastball was on yesterday. John's fastball kind of hit or miss, right? And that's not his best pitch. That His fastball is there, and I'm not going to say to solely set up the slider, but it pretty much is, right? This His wicked hard slider sits at 89. He threw it for 90 quite a few times yesterday. Is so good. He, he needs the fastball to set it up, though, and, and he had one of his best fastballs yesterday. 
of the whole year. It was hitting 97, 98 all day long. Uh, the first four innings, John Gray looked like that elite back of the rotation guy that you need for a strong and long playoff push. The fifth inning did not go his way, right? It was a lot of – and you had seen it, right? While the fastball was really good all day, he had been a little erratic with – at times with its placement, and you saw that come out in the fifth inning. Um, overall, though, John Gray, three runs, eight Ks, four walks is where – and that's where the erraticness came in, right? Um, I don't think – you know, the ball wasn't hit that hard. The three-run home run by Royce Lewis in the fifth, you know, it, it's it's hit well enough to go out, right? He got the barrel to the ball, goes the other way into right field, barely gets it out. And, you know, that just felt at that moment, it was like, oh, here we go again, right? It hadn't even, hadn't even made it to the bullpen this time. And we were already, I, at least in my mind, right? And in, in, in my mind... We were, we were screwed at that point. We're, it was another one of those games. Brock Burt comes in, gets you the inning, but then he comes back out and can't do it for two. Uh, you know, in this situation, in this game, um, I and really and truly the last game as well, not really agreeing with some of the bullpen management, right? Um, leaving Brock Burke in to try to get another inning, leaving Aroldis Chapman, a very much a one inning guy to leave him in there and set really to set him up for, and I get it. Like the bullpen, it's a little taxed right now. And we're in September at this point, everybody's tired, but you know, decisions were made and that's okay. You know, I think at this point when you have a bullpen like this, I said, I don't agree with it, but I understand right in this situation where you have so many guys out of the bullpen struggling, you have to, you have to try different combinations you have to try, oh, hey, let's – I mean, might as well even roll this in there for – try to get some more outs in the next inning. Like, just try, right? Try to get Brock Burke into that, into that rhythm, right? We know he can get into and try to get him to get two innings because we know he can, uh, you know. But, again, it's, it's, it's just so hard to find the right combinations when everybody out of the bullpen is struggling like they are. Chris Stratton seems to be a guy who is stepping up right now. Is he the best reliever out of the bullpen? Probably not. But he is a veteran guy, has worked with Boach before, recognizes, probably, right? I don't know him. I haven't talked to him, but I, I can imagine he recognizes when guys are needed to step up. And he is stepping up right now in a huge way. Uh, Jose Leclerc, unfortunately, that ERA is starting to rise as he's getting put into more and more high leverage situations. I really wanted him to be that guy who could maybe be an eight, even – Potentially, while Will Smith was struggling, and more on that later, he seems to be coming out of that struggle. Uh, you'd hope for him, or at least I had, hoped for him to be a stabilizing presence as a guy who used to be a closer, struggled, came into this year as the closer, and had, had seen his momentum pick back up, and he had been put into more and more high-leverage situations. He seems to be a seventh or sixth-inning guy. And that and that's okay. You need those guys coming out of the, bull, out of the bullpen. I imagine at this point that maybe Jose and Chris Stratton switch places, Stratton being more of an eighth inning slash, maybe it, even like in the ninth, you need a right-handed reliever. Because I imagine Josh six, sticks to the sixth or the seventh, maybe even the eighth, right? 
Jose Leclerc, him and Jose are going to kind of switch that role as the right-handed guy that they need early, earlier in the pin if, if they are needed. I imagine they start switching that, that off, and Chris Stratton moves into an eighth-inning role. Maybe, maybe, like I said, in the ninth. Will Smith, coming back to him, seems to be coming out of it, gets the double play to get out of the bases-loaded situation and able to get to that ninth inning to the bottom of the eighth, then to the ninth. And Cody Bradford, I, I always enjoyed watching him pitch since he came up. The first game, I think, was a real – and everybody knows it, right? The first game that he ever pitched in, making his MLB debut against the Atlanta Braves, the best offense in baseball. And on top of that, a offense that absolutely crushes left-handed pitching. When you got have a guy like Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. just crushing lefties, like – that's a tough assignment for your first game. And since then, Cody Bradford has been a stable presence on this pitching staff when he's been up with the major league team. I just love how uh, the extension he gets on his fastball. Throwing 90, guys are getting blown. Like, he's blowing by guys at, at 90, right? He, it's just I, – I love his stuff. The extension on the fastball, the, the slider that's real hard. Again, like a John Gray slider, Right only takes like three miles per hour off of that pitch um, compared to his fastball three to four, right? Fastball sitting at 90, 91, even 89 actually. And then the slider hovering around 87. And then you have the changeup 80, 81 that he loves, 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 loves to throw outside and get the swing and miss. But this dude's best pitch is his fastball. And that's crazy. At least to me, when it, when it comes to the eye test, I haven't gone in and looked at the stats, especially for a guy who has been up and down like this I think a lot of the, a lot of the times it's it's better to look with your eyes first than it is to dive into the stats and and a guy like Cody Bradford dude back to back games one inning pitched out of the out of the bullpen giving up nothing coming in for a rollless uh, uh the game prior and locking that inning down we lose the game but still that that's a big time presence out of this bullpen Cody Bradford, maybe look for him to stick with this team. I, I doubt it. You know, Nathan Evaldi is potentially going to come back, by the way, on Tuesday to get the start tomorrow against the Astros. More on that series in a bit. Like I said, it's a huge episode today. I'm not going to harp too much on these other games in the weekend series. I like to keep the, the vibes positive, right? Because those first two games against the Twins, man, I think everybody was down in the dumps, dumps on those. Right, the offense cannot wake up in the first game. I, I thought maybe we could make the adjustment against Joe Ryan. If you if you listen to the last episode, I had faith that we would make the adjustments instead of Joe Ryan, and it seemed that Joe Ryan made the adjustments instead of us. Um, and of course, Max Scherzer gave me what I predicted: six or seven scoreless innings. You know, comes out a little early. I, I don't think so. Like there. It felt like there was this weird thing of people making a big deal out of fatigue on Twitter. And it's like, dude, he threw 88 pitches. And it's Max Scherzer. This dude is old. And he's given us his his all every – like, that's the thing. If you think – if you are mad about Max Scherzer kind of taking himself out for fatigue, then you are dumb. I, I'm sorry. You are dumb. This dude is old enough to recognize his body, to understand what he's doing on the pitching mound and when he needs to be taken out a little early – I think his average pitch total for the games this year is like 91 or 92, maybe 93 pitches. And you're mad about 88? Like, come on, man. 
He gave you six innings. We should have won that game um, with that kind of performance. And, you know, offense couldn't wake up. It's fine, though, right? After the Adulis walk off. Like, something like that. And plus, by the way, first first guy in the American League to 100 RBIs. Adolis Garcia is your AL RBI leader at this time. Just like Corey Seager, who is now a qualifier, is your leader in the AL in batting average by, like, 25 points, I want to say. 20 at least points. Like, that's insane. So, that's really cool. Um, like I said, focusing on those times, focusing on this game yesterday instead of Friday, Saturday, because why not? Have the positive vibes going into the series against Houston. That's all I think I have for this twin series, I, I except for, once again, Mitch Garver. Dude, this guy is incredibly hot. This will be the last thing I talk about before we move on. And, and let me – actually, let me backtrack that. Marcus Simeon really struggling right now. Last 15 games hitting 200. I have all the faith that Marcus will come back at some point this month. I, I, I don't think it's all his fault, right? He has been getting some calls, and, and, and they're good calls, right? It's not like the umps are, are squeezing him or, you know, expanding the zone. But, man, guys are just getting these, these – I don't want to say elite first pitch strikes, but Marcus, a guy who likes to see the ball come in first pitch, and, and guys are just throwing it right over the plate they're and they're clipping the zone like it's not like they're down like they he is getting so many quality strikes first pitch and it, and it really sets him back in the bat he likes to like i said he likes to see the first pitch at least it's what it's looking like right um especially when the lineup overall is struggling he knows he knows what his role is he knows he needs to get on base and in that role he he likes to see the first pitch and, and it's just been an unlucky situation for him I imagine, especially once once we get Josh Young back in two to three weeks is, is seeming to be the timetable on a major league – before he plays a game, right? Before he plays a major league game, Bruce Bochy said two to three weeks. That obviously – I think that's going to – one, I think that's going to help Adolis a lot. I think that's been one thing that Adolis has been missing in this really sh- tough stretch is, is a guy right behind him who is – is he as dangerous as Adolis Garcia? No, but Josh Young has been electric for this team, um, really deepens the lineup. And I know Mitch Garber has stepped up, you know, uh, first at catcher when Jonah was out and then as more of a DH role. Um, over his last 40 games, by the way, Mitch Garber. Let's talk about that for a second. Mitch Garber going back, giving Mitch Garber some some love. His last 40 games, shout out to Jared Sandler. I'm pulling out all the guys on Twitter today because I, I love going on Twitter and looking at the stats, especially from Jared Sandler that he posts because he, he I don't know what statistician or how he keeps track of what he does, um, but he has all the best stats. Last 40 games for Mitch Garver, 306, 404, 619, slugging, 619. An OPS over 1,000, 12 home runs in those 40 games has been absolutely huge filling in for Jonah Heim and stepping up as the DH. So when this, so when Josh Young comes back in two to three weeks, Nathan Avaldi potentially coming back on Tuesday to start the game against the Astros. We are getting back. If the momentum, the momentum from last night holds, then we are on a path to an electric September and hopefully October, 
once the playoffs start. Now, looking ahead to today's game, 3 o'clock first pitch, central time against the Houston Astros. It's the last series of the year between these two teams. The Astros just got swept by the Yankees. I say that, but I can't talk too much trash because we have been really struggling, as all Ranger fans know. But to be swept by the Yankees and then having to come in to our house, by the way, coming to Arlington and having to play a team who feels like after last night, hey, we are good. This We are a competitive ball club. You get swept by the Yankees, how are you feeling? About to go into a game where you are tied with your opponent for one game back of the ALS division crown, a game back from Seattle. On the mound tonight for us, Andrew Heaney, Heen Dog, has been pretty good against the Astros. Uh, more on him in a second. We got we have to face J.P. France from Houston, has started one game against us, gave up one, one unearned run. So the guys on offense could be in for a little bit of a struggle today. Andrew Heaney has faced Houston a few times. Five scoreless early on in the season as I scroll through his game logs. It's one thing that I forgot to do prior to this episode, trying to be a little bit more prepared. Um, another five-inning shutout in July. And then again, five innings, three earned in Houston. And then his fourth game against the Astros comes tonight at home. Hopefully, Heen Dog can, t- can continue his success against the Astros. Um, and hopefully the offense can come out and uh, show that we are not done yet. That we are not done yet. This is this is a team that is competitive and ready to start their postseason run to get ready for it. We got some challenging games. We, we I think this team, I, and, and I haven't, let me preface this by saying I haven't really looked at the rest of the team's playoffs Uh, I should say the rest of the playoff picture, I haven't looked at their schedules coming up. However, you talk about a team that controls their own destiny, starting a a series against the Astros tonight, or today, this afternoon. We have a series against the Blue Jays, the team on the outside looking into the wildcard race. We have them next week. We played them in Toronto. Toronto? Toronto? I want to be real disrespectful. Toronto. Because, um, yeah, I don't like the Blue Jays. And then I've said it before, saying it again, seven out of the last ten games against the Seattle Mariners. Your Texas Rangers control their own destiny, and it will be a fun September, I promise. Now, I think that's all I want to get into today in terms of the Major League Club. We get a few minutes to get into some minor league down-on-the-farm action. The headline, I think, I think. Because there's a lot of news, by the way, down on the farm uh, from yesterday. The biggest news, Wyatt Langford. Wyatt watch. Watch. Wyatt watch with Wyatt. Langford watch. Who knows? Well, still thinking it over. Getting promoted to double A Frisco after last night's, excuse me, after yesterday afternoon and into the evening after their game. The Hickory Crawdads win 9 nothing. Wyatt Langford, 2 for 5 with a double. In a home run, 
going up to double a Frisco is to me, you know, after making this, this step right from college to the minor leagues, this, this step from high a low a rookie ball, whatever, wherever they go, right. It's probably from high a or, or low a to double a is to me, the biggest jump um, after amateur to professional that they will see why at Langford, I have all, all the faith that this dude is going to continue his success in minor leagues. He's hitting 333 with almost an 1100 OPS and I think 24 games with Hickory. So really looking for him to continue success in double A in Frisco. He'll have more of the guys, more of the eyes on him from the major league department scouting department whoever's looking at our guys i guess it would be the scouting in-house scouting department he'll have a lot more eyes on him as he goes to frisco speaking of the frisco rough riders we'll bounce around a little bit because there's another guy in high a that i would like to talk about but just briefly but back to frisco jack lighter second start off the developmental list three and a third innings seven k's most, if not all, I saw a clip of all the all the K's go on MLB Pipeline on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, posting a lot of his K's really had the fastball working yesterday. So that is great to see. Only walked one, three hits, one earned run. I think in two starts since coming back off the developmental list, six and a third is what I saw, right? And let, and let me just And let me just verify if I can. Because it has been, it's been great to see him really come back off of this list, off the developmental list, and really try to own what he's doing. Like be the Jack Lighter that we know that he can be. The start before, three innings, three hits, one earned run, four strikeouts, no walks. That is big time. Having only one walk in six and a third for this guy in the last two starts. Big time. Hopefully he can continue to build off of these two starts, really start to build himself back up going four innings, five innings. Um, and yeah, and, and be the jack lighter that we know that he can be that we saw out of Vanderbilt. It'll be really exciting, especially I, I know I saw the other day tepid participation on Twitter. I've mentioned him before. Um, really compare like after Sony Gray had a really good start. Um to see him be successful and you have another guy, this is the this is the comparison that Tepid make made. Um, six foot guys who throw nasty breaking balls, you know. See see Sony Gray have a have so much success in major leagues, and to have a guy kind of like that in your minor league system as your number five prospect, number two overall pitching prospect in the organization, really try to figure it out, hopefully, right? Hopefully from here, he will just continue to get better. That's what the hope is. Another guy, our best pitching prospect, took the mound yesterday for low A, down Eastwood Ducks, Brock Porter, four innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, very similar line to Jack Leiter, four Ks. This dude has been electric. Um, MLB Pipeline, once again, shout out, shout out, to all the shout outs in 69 nice and a third innings this year 95 k's 
95. He has a 247 ERA for down east. I can't imagine that he starts next year in low A. I imagine that he is with Hickory next year, and hopefully they will start stretching him out to go past the four-inning mark. I don't know if he's reached five innings this year to start. Um, obviously, a guy coming out of high school, you really want to spend the time. And I think that this is one thing that they regret with Jack Light, Jack Leiter, right, is that they sent him immediately to double A. Not really the best environment, I don't think, for uh, a guy's coming right out of the draft. And it's, you know, and with a guy like Brock Porter, especially coming out of high school, sending him to low to to low A down east with Ducks has really, really helped him start his pro career off right. And finally, Sebastian Walcott premiering for Hickory yesterday, number three prospects in the organization, one for four with a double. Kid is 17, 17 and hits ropes. So really excited to see what he can do outside of rookie ball as as we get him into uh, the more clearly defined, you know, organization, you know, places that we can really see the box score. I don't know about all the rookie teams in order to see them. What a great day after, after a tough weekend, what a great day, Labor Day, get the day off, get to watch your Rangers three o'clock central time against the Astros at home. Keen dog on the mound. We will see what this team can do. I imagine we maybe see Martin Perez out of the pen tonight, this afternoon, um, hopefully Will Smith is back and, and maybe we see him in the ninth. He's been used, I, I believe two days in a row. The bullpen may be a little, a little light today, which is unfortunate. Um, so maybe see some long guys, like I said, like Martin Perez, uh, could potentially most likely see Glenn Otto coming out of the pen. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Glenn has that, that sweeper slider working. Uh, that is his best pitch. And hopefully I've touched on a little, a little bit, learning a little bit from Will Smith and, Throwing that pitch, wow, that was tough. Um, throwing that pitch the majority of the time to get some outs. Uh, we will see what happens. I, I am I am excited uh, to see where the rest of the season goes. I think this was the game. This this game last night was needed. Needed for not only the team, uh, but for the fan base to really buy back in. We're getting on 30 minutes here. We're going to cut it short. We're going to end it here because it wasn't short. I don't know why I said that. We're going to end it here, right? It's been great to talk about this team once again. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, make it a good one.